Are the robots really taking over? You're a voice actor. You're an entrepreneur. You're a VOpreneur. Welcome to the Everyday VOpreneur Podcast, your guide through the business of voiceover. If you want more work, you've got to do more marketing. Easier said than done, I know. But that's why I've created VOpreneur.com. Head to the website and you are going to find all of the resources that you need to become a more confident and effective marketer, including this podcast, YouTube live streams, articles, as well as premium classes and coaching. Your guide through the business of voiceover. Everything you need is at VOpreneur.com. That's VOpreneur.com. The VOpreneur podcast. Hey, it doesn't suck. Not as funny as Conan. Not as cute as Seth Meyers. Not as smart as Colbert. But he's one of us, and that counts for something. Here's Mark Scott, the original everyday VOpreneur. The robots are coming. We're all screwed. Box up your microphones and sell them on eBay before the market is saturated with used gear. Okay, so perhaps that's a little bit extreme, but honestly, some days this is how it feels like in the voiceover community. So should we truly be afraid of AI to that extreme? I think it's time for an honest conversation about that. And my guest today is someone who has become a central and trusted figure in that conversation. My fellow Canadian, welcome to the show, Bev Standing. Hey, Canadian. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for having me. Forget the robots. The Canadians are taking over. We're, we're coming for That's everyone. It. <laughs> it, you know, I, I this is a conversation that I've been nervous about having. I, I had somebody on the show a while ago to talk about ChatGPT. And I, I definitely got some angry feedback. It was the first time in the history of the podcast that I got some angry feedback. Just people that don't want to even mention AI or or give it a platform whatsoever. But then I also had some people who were like, that was really amazing. That was really helpful. I could see ways that this is going to be to my advantage. So I, I think I think that it is a conversation that we as a community need to have because I do think my opinion is that there's a lot more fear then there is accurate information. Is Do you think that's a fair assessment? I think it's a fair assessment. I also think the information we get yesterday is different tomorrow. Yeah. So, sure. you know, the conversations have to happen because it changes. Yeah. Everything, everything changes so fast, which is definitely part of it. So before we get too far into this, I, I don't think it was probably your intention to become an industry authority on AI. <laughs> But sometimes life happens and we find ourselves thrust into roles. So let's start at the beginning and share the TikTok story that kind of got this all started for you. Well, I'll summarize it because a lot of people and I'll say a lot of people know this story, but I am surprised at how many people still don't. Yep. So I'm a voice actor, which means I'm self-employed. I'm an entrepreneur, uh, which, you know, uh, you have to do everything yourself, mm -hmm. figure it out. It's your business decisions. So when I was sent a video through Messenger from Bridget Real saying, this is your voice. And it was a TikTok video. I didn't even know what TikTok was. And I went, oh, my goodness. Yes, it is. That's cool. Where'd that come from? And within 24 hours, I probably had a dozen people, mostly family, sending me videos that had, you know, been shared through Instagram and, you know, Facebook. And it, all of a sudden, there was my voice. And I knew instantly where the job had come from. Because unlike today, where they can take, and we can talk about that, how easy it is in such a short term to take your voice and yeah. turn it into an AI voice. Three years ago, almost four years ago in 2018, 
I had to do 10,000 sentences, not even 10,000 words, 10,000 full out phrases. And sometimes it was more like an Excel spreadsheet. So 10,000 cells of words to get this voice. And it was unmistakable because if you have to talk like this for 10,000 sentences, it's really easy to remember that that is your voice that you're hearing. And it's it's not hard to, you know, duplicate in a heart because it was just your natural. It wasn't a character or anything else. So they're not my client. TikTok didn't hire me. So it was a business decision. First of all, I went, hey, cool. I'm the voice of TikTok. Well, wait a minute. Business kicked in and went, wait a minute. You're not my client. You didn't ask. Even if I had given it to them, you didn't ask. So it was a business decision. And I was warned that the minute the lawsuit was filed to ask me, have my voice taken down, I would be front and center on the news. So I had to take some time to think about that. So, you know, no, I didn't do it for that to happen, but I knew it was going to happen. Maybe not to this extent, but yeah. As I was doing a little bit of research to to prepare for this interview, I, I did a search. Go, do a Google search for Bev Standing AI. It's like it's like doing a search, Google search for corporate video production or something. Like it's just like <laughs> story upon story upon story. Like, do you even know at this point how many different places you like media, print, news, internet? How many places that you were featured? Because you were you seemed to be in all the places. Yeah, I kind of was for a while. Um, Oddly enough, I was just in the National Post. And the only reason I know is because a dear friend of mine who was reading the National Post sent it to me, hard copy in the mail, because I can't get it without a subscription here in this lovely country of ours. So I can't even send the link to to share to the website for you to sign up. Like, I can't even do that. So luckily, she sent me the article. Let's not go Let's Let's not go there, Bev. Come on. (laughs) But but that I I believe that article came from the Washington Post. And I think it was just, you know, from there it went to the National Post. So do I know where it is? No. But I know I was interviewed on radio stations in New Zealand. Rock Radio Q107. Is it? Oh, they, their names start with M, something and something in the morning. Anyway, they phoned me. They're retired, but they phoned me from Vancouver and interviewed me. Like, it was just instant. It was yeah. from all over the place. So, yeah, I have no idea. But it's the same story wherever you hear it. But you're still getting asked. Or or is it just people? Because I'm, I mean, I saw stuff that was dated back, you know, a couple years ago. But I saw some articles that were dated, like, in the last year or two as well. So you're still a part of that conversation. Or it seems like you're still a part of that conversation as the story continues to evolve and, you know, like I, I, I read about in reading, preparing for what I was going to ask you, I also read about what happened to Mike Cooper, which was a totally different kind of situation. And But, I, you know, you were mentioned in that that same article as well. So actually, I directed them to Mike. OK. All right. Yeah, that was that was an article that they were doing on me. And they said, do you know any others? And I went, I do. <laughs> so I sent them one. Mike was one of them. And I think I am still there because, as I stated at the top of the hour, not everybody knows. So when they find out, they go, oh, my goodness, we yep. need to keep talking about this. Yep. So I'm happy to keep telling my story. And I've said that in many an interview because of the importance of it. We mentioned earlier that so much of this seems to be rooted in fear. And I don't think that's just an AI thing. I think generally speaking, you go through the voiceover community, right? When we're talking about online casting, it's generally all the negative stuff. Very few are talking about all the good things that that have happened through online casting. It's all the jobs are crap. All the rates are crap. All the, right? Like it's always the negative stuff. So it's really easy to get caught in that echo chamber where it feels like everything is negative and fear-based. But do we need to be 
as afraid as I think some people are, because I think for some people it's legitimately crippling them and their ability to advance forward in their career. I know that I've had conversations with voice actors who are saying, maybe it's not even worth it at this point. Like maybe it's time, maybe I get out now type deal. Like, are we there? No, we are not. Thank you. Okay. We are not there. And I stand firm on that. There's a couple of comparisons. When the automobile was invented, did bicycles disappear? No. People still like riding bikes. It's still better. It's still healthier. It's still more enjoyable. Are people going to want to listen to a human voice? Yes. Same thing with home studios. When COVID hit, people that refused to get a home studio now have other jobs. So do you have to have an AI voice? No. Do you have to understand who is using AI, how it's created, how to protect yourself from having it accidentally, I've quoted that, created. Yes, you need to do all those things. You need to be informed. You need to be educated and you need to make your decisions based on your business, right? So I profess, I, I coach with Gravy for the Brain and and I coach privately. And the bottom line is always the message. Human wins. Yeah. Jokingly, have you heard a computer say A and mean it? Yeah. Come on, Canadians. We say it with heart. You know, no computer's going to make it sound like it makes sense. It's just going to be a little tag at the end of a word. You know, like there's just the human emotion. In one of the articles that I came across, you were mentioned in it. Mike was mentioned in it. There was one other, one or two other voice actors, I think, that were mentioned in it. And it actually had audio samples, right? It had an audio sample, like you reading the line and then your AI reading the line. And to me... And, you know, maybe I listen closer than others, but to me, every one of them, it was glaringly obvious which one was which. And so the one thing that I've I've kept saying up to this point is that the tech is not there yet, right? Maybe for certain use cases, but not it's not there to take over because an AI still can't act. It still can't interpret a script. It still can't emote the way that humans can. And so I feel like that is the thing that... It, that is going to save us uh, going forward, which I think is why, you know, I I had Everett Oliver on the show and we talked a little bit about this and he's just just like acting, 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 focus on your acting, focus on your acting, right? Yeah, don't run away, just just add a a level. Yep. You know, we've always, it's storytelling. Computers don't storytell, they read words. And yes, they have emotion. Yes, they, and I think the operative word you used was yet. They're not good enough yet. Yeah. And they're, like you said, there's going to be uses where, I mean, you look and sometimes you get hired for a tag for commercials. They might disappear. So here's my thought. If they're going to disappear, let them hire your AI voice. Yeah. So if you look at NAVA, they have control, consent, and compensation. And those are the three things. We need to be compensated for using our voice. Now, what does that look like right now? That's kind of the big question. What does that look like right now? People who are going to use AI voices want to save money. Yeah. Right? Um, so how do they use your voice? Uh, pennies on the dollar? Ouch. Um, but if it's if it's no session fee and you didn't have to do anything, they just type in the words they want you to say, um, then why don't you split the uh, the usage fee with the people that are hosting your data, because that costs money. And providing the technology for the director, the the, the media to adjust accordingly 
control, I need to know who's using my voice yep. and for how long because of conflicts. Right? I always use Coke and Pepsi. If you have a Coke out up somewhere in Canada and they said you can't do Pepsi for a year, I need to be able to say you can't hire me for a voice for Pepsi in Canada for this length. Of yep. I need to know that to protect myself. Yep. Um, I do think there need to be legal um, Rog Siglum Paglia and uh, other people that Nava are working with are trying to create the verbiage to say, you know, hey, <laughs> if it's a human voice, I can control where my voice is used. But I need to protect myself in case someone grabs my voice and I don't know about it. I don't want you to be able to come back and sue me without scaring off a client that that might happen. Yeah. Right. So it has to be kind of tucked in in a nice little way that everyone understands. Coming back to the and consent. Obviously, if I don't want to talk about something, then you can't use my voice because that's political is a big thing. Oh, yeah. You know, if I only sure. want one party, you can't hire my yeah. AI voice to voice for the other party, let alone in the same town or state or city. You know, it doesn't work. So those are the three biggest things. And those are huge. And how do we do that? By working with ethical companies and having this conversation. If you told me that I was only allowed to use one social media platform for the next year to market my voiceover business, I would choose LinkedIn. Hands down, every time. LinkedIn is one of my favorite platforms and it is where I found some of my most lucrative voiceover clients. Let me teach you how to use LinkedIn, but better yet, let me teach you how to do it with a free LinkedIn profile. That's what my Making Money with LinkedIn Masterclass is all about teaching you everything that you need to know, everything that I do to use LinkedIn to grow my voiceover business, and I'm doing it with a free profile. You can get Making Money with LinkedIn now at vopreneur.com. Click on the store button. Go to vopreneur.com. Click on the store button and look for Making Money with LinkedIn, the masterclass. Now back to our show. So let's go down this road because I think this is an interesting conversation and it's funny I've had conversations with voice actors on this subject privately in coaching sessions because they're afraid to talk about it publicly because they're afraid that, you know, the community is going to come after them or whatever. I have openly stated that I did an AI voice model. I worked on one a couple of years ago that I held the complete copyright over and, and control over. And the thought process behind it for me was, I think it was twofold. One, there are certain types of work and, and jobs that I'm just never going to do. Uh, maybe because it's like, massive e-learning with unrealistic turnaround times or, or audiobooks what I just, you know, that I just don't have the time or, or desire to do or whatever. And so if some of those things are going to go to AI anyway, you said it, why not go to my AI? Why, you know, why not get a piece of that pie? And then the other thing for me was I was thinking long-term that this potentially becomes a passive income stream for me down the road. Right. And so I'm thinking like a business guy. And so that was, that was kind of the idea behind it. But a lot of voice actors are afraid to have that conversation because it's like, I'm inventing my own competition or whatever. And I just, I guess I just never, never saw it that way because I always felt like the people who want the human voice are still going to come and hire me for however long that goes on until the technology just gets too good or whatever, at which case I'm screwed anyway. So why not have the AI, right? That that's the money's coming into my pocket. So it, it sounds like you kind of, standing or falling in a similar camp. Is that is that fair to say? It is. I have heard that like if you have a government contract, they might not hire you if you have an AI voice anywhere. And they may ask you, because could you imagine an AI voice getting in the wrong hands with, oh, yeah. with, with you know, so there may be companies, but it depends. If you don't do that type of work, then don't do that type of work and it won't matter. But I, 
I think it's important that we'll go down to the control. You need control of where yeah. your AI voice is Absolutely. used. But I've used my AI voice. I have three sites that have my voice that I control. They don't. I'm not public to anybody. And I was away. So I had to make some uh, minor changes, you know, e-learning when they update it every year and stuff, and they needed to change 2023 to 2024 and this kind of thing. So I uploaded the audio from my previous job. Now, luckily, I could do this as an MP3. And wave, it didn't work right? because the audio I updated was compressed, right? So yep. it just didn't fit in right. But sure. they had asked for an MP3. So I uploaded my MP3 from last year, a portion of it. And then I typed in the sentence with the 2024. I opened my audio. I cut the 2023, put in the 2024. Nice. No mic involved. Yep. No travel gear. No pillow fort. And I was able to make all the changes flawlessly because I was able to upload the audio I had done before. It was exactly the same pitch, tonality, pace, yep. everything. So is it going to benefit me? Yes. Is mm -hmm. it going to? I'm an incorporated company. My company goes to my kids. Hey, they want to keep updating this for years to come? Yep. Go ahead. There's my files, kids. Yep. You don't need my voice. I think it's a really important conversation to have. And I think that I think certain parts of the industry have been coming at it from the wrong angle because I, I think you got two choices, right? You take up your, your pitchfork and your torches and you protest until you're blue in the face, which is not going to stop it. It's not going to make it mm -hmm. go away, right? Burying your head in the sand is not going to stop it. It's not going to make it go away. So the question to me then becomes, if it's coming, it's already here. If it's going to continue to evolve and get better and, and you know, potentially uh, impact the industry in a bigger way, how do I get it on my team? Like that's, that's the question to me, right? How do I, how do I partner with this or, or align with this or incorporate this into my business in a way that, you know, it doesn't replace me, but it, it works alongside of me or, or supplements me or, or whatever in some capacity. And I just don't feel like that conversation happens enough around AI. Again, probably mostly because of the fear. It doesn't. And I'll, I'll go again with it. We need to educate the people that are creating the AI voice. Again, at the Voice and AI conference, uh, there was six, seven voice people there. Everyone else was tech. Everyone else was companies creating or using AI in some manner. But when we had conversations, I went to all the booths and had the conversations. And my introduction was, hi, my name is Bev. I'm a voice talent, a refriend or foe. <laughs> and they, That's a good way to start the conversation. You get an honest answer they, right they out of the gate. They were definitely interested. <laughs> but when I explained to them why I had concerns, their ears perked up. They don't realize it. So if we sit back and go, oh my God, AI is getting so good, and they don't understand how we can work together, then it's not going to happen. And yes, we should be very afraid. But by having these conversations and getting our heads out of our sand piles, um, you know, and talking about it and talking to the people uh, openly and publicly without having an opinion, you don't need an opinion. Yeah. You don't need to side one way or the other. You need to state the concerns and how can we make this work together? People are more interested in listening and communicating. The other thing that I think that's interesting about the AI side of the equation. So uh, online casting was a disruption to the industry as a whole, and it changed the way that the entire industry worked, but it only affected voiceover. AI is not only affecting voiceover. And so 
I've had conversations with some of my clients who are, you know, instructional designers or who are video producers, and they're looking at this as, you know, potentially an existential threat to their existence as well. And so now it's become, I don't want to say us against the robots, although I guess maybe I feel like there's a level of that, but because other industries have stake in this and, and other players, you know, could potentially be impacted by it. I'm seeing producers who are like, I need to make sure that I can prove my worth as a human editor to my client. And I want to partner with you as a human voice to prove human worth, right? Because they don't want the AI to replace them either. So it seems to me like there's, from my experience with some of my clients anyway, there's been some really interesting opportunities to align together to really present, you know, here's the pros and cons and and here, this is why you want a human editor or a human instructional designer or a human copywriter or whatever, right? And so have you seen any of that? Have you had conversations like that? I have. The one thing I've noticed a huge uptick is directed sessions. Yeah. Not just with the engineer, but with the client, the, the you know, the, the copywriters, the creatives on the other end want to talk to you. Yeah. They want to have the interaction. They want to get noticed. I mean, I just got hired by Bosch to do in-house training. And I'm on the line with somebody in England, a couple of people in Germany, and they go, we just want to get to know you. And it's like, yes, and I want to get to know you. That's how you create long-term clients. That's how you create, you know, collaborating successfully so that I'm helping you, you're helping me, and you're helping your end client. Like, you know, like it just... And, and I think they're realizing that, that, yeah. that your humanity even sheds light on that. Oh, I didn't think of it that way. That's, yeah, that works. But, you know, they're being creative right alongside with you because of your creativity and your humanization of your expression of, of their thoughts. I had a conversation with an instructional designer very recently, and they're very concerned about how AI could potentially impact their ability, but they're, they're also concerned on the moral and ethical side of just <laughs> what is this AI going to pump out and is it going to be accurate and who's going to fact check it? Because, you know, if you're not going to hire me to create the content, I'm not going to come in at the end of the project for a few bucks and verify that it's all true or, or whatever. And we talked about how it takes social media, images on social media. We're already very apprehensive about images that we see on social media, right? Is this legit? Is this an actual image or is this an AI altered image or whatever? And so there becomes a trust factor. And so we had actually talked about, can we team up together where she creates some sort of a a simple training about some of the things that you need to be cautious of with AI and why working with humans would be better. So she creates the, the course, I provide the voiceover. And then we use that as a marketing tool. And, and you know, we, you talked about education, right? A big part of what is going on right now is education. It's the shiny new toy. AI is the shiny new toy. And, and you know, I've played with ChatGPT yeah. and some of the other things. And and it's really easy to see just, just the results that it kicks out without thinking of potential consequences on, on the other end. And so I think there's, I think that's an area where there's an opportunity for us to collaborate with our clients to try to, you know, educate, but also create some unique marketing opportunities and and establish those relationships even further, right? I tried ChatGPT. <laughs> I don't exist. <laughs> wow. I can find no information on Bev Standing, the voice actor. It's like, okay, what man. The you didn't exist yeah. on the internet, but what? Is, I guess ChatGPT only comes up to like 2021 or something like that. So did you, you just you didn't exist no on idea, the internet I don't before exist, 21? So, or? Yeah. 
we can't just talk about it among voice talent. And yeah. I think, you know, that's the, that's the problem is when I went public with the TikTok thing and saying, you can't use my voice without my permission. I talked to top tier, I go to a lot of conferences and I have worked with some top tier agents and they went, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, what story? And my jaw dropped. Sticking their and head I went, in the you sand. haven't heard? Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you. And they were very interested to hear the story, yep. but they didn't know and they need to know. And so again, engineers, your clients, they need to know. I've talked to like new clients and said, just so you know that this is who I am, right? I'm transparent on this and that, and this is why I'm blah, blah, blah. They're going, what story? And I'm like, seriously, you don't know either? And then I, I did a directed session, which goes back to how good is AI? Like, remember when Fiverr came out and they said, well, they're really just using them for scratch. And if you're hired on Fiverr, you yep. know, you're not going to get hired on. That was the story a while yep. ago. Yep. Um, I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what I heard. That was an area. Yep. So I'm doing this directed session with a girl camping on Vancouver Island and uh, who is my client and then their client, five people in China in the middle of the night over there. And they said, so here's the scratch track. And it was AI. And they said, do you want us to play it while you record to get? And I went, oh, heavens, no. Please, please don't. <laughs> you may as well put another language in. Like the, the words they were coming out with, the it was like, no, no, no. I get it why you did it for scratch tracks. So yep. I look at scratch tracks, AI, the way they were looking at Fiverr when it first came out. Pay five bucks and you get a scratch track. Yep. Perfect. We're not using you, but we'll give you five bucks or 10 bucks yep. for the scratch. And I see AI benefiting. So here's an advantage. If I have an AI voice and you're hiring me for the job, use my AI voice for your scratch. Yep. I'll give you the real voice later, but you'll get a much better indication of where yeah. you want your job to go. You can promote yourself that way. I have control. Nobody else is going to get this, but I'm happy if you give me the script, I will provide you with a scratch. I like that. I think that's a. I think that's another smart use case, right? And, and that's the forward thinking that we need to have in all of this. So I'm almost afraid to say this next part out loud because I fear <laughs> that I'm going to jinx it. Thus far, to the best of my knowledge, I have not lost a client due to AI. In fact, for me, it's been the other way around where I've had some clients who have said, you know, we played around with it just to see, but realized that it was junk and, you know, we don't want to use it. I'm curious, have you been in a situation yet where a client's been like, no, Bev, we're done with you. We're, we're going with AI. Nope. But yet, if you follow the narrative in the communities, you know, Facebook groups and stuff like that, you'd think that every voice actor is losing all of their clients to AI at this point. But I... I've yet to talk to a talent and I'm not saying it hasn't happened. I just haven't talked to anybody yet that it's actually happened to where they've lost an actual client. Now, has there been a job that I may have been in the running for previously, or maybe that I auditioned for and they decided to go with AI? I, maybe, I don't know, but actual clients who have hired me in the past, none of them to this point, knock on wood, <laughs> have, have, have said, you know, we're done. We're, we're, we're going to AI. I just, I have found more of the opposite, where it's like, no, 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 we, we're doubling down on, on human. And, and I mean, you don't create a successful business and keep track of every client you have. I have hundreds of clients that yep. may only contact me once a sure. year, yep. you know, when they come back every year. So are they coming back? I don't even know if they still exist. They could have died out with COVID. I have no idea. Like you just get so many and you have enough work. You don't, you know, yep. you may not know whether they're not coming back to you or not, but certainly no clients have come to me and said, 
just to let you know we're not using human voices anymore. Nobody has said that. And like I more so the opposite. We are not using AI, not we are using AI. But again, scratch tracks. I never recorded scratch tracks before and now I'm finding AI is. So, you know, promote yourself as you want a scratch track and you want to hire me, I'll give you my scratch track voice. Do you have yeah. you, okay, so you mentioned scratch tracks. Do you have any opinions or thoughts on if you're voicing X, I would be more concerned that AI may be coming for you. Do you have a feeling of like, is it, is it just coming for the lower end of the industry or do you think it's certain genres that might be more impacted than others? Do you have any thoughts on that? Um, I think there's more genres that are going to be packed. You know, it's funny. I got a call from a client, uh, a telephony company Mm -hmm. that, that does telephony and they called me on a weekend and went, oh, my God, I've just heard about this AI and I'm not going to have any. My business is going to be done. I'm going to be, you know, and we talked for about, I don't know, an hour. And then I gave her some companies to talk to and um, a couple of different AI companies uh, to call. And I connected her with the the CEOs and she had a conversation and she phoned me back after dinner and went, OK, we're good. <laughs> I feel better now. <laughs> Education yeah. is so much a part of it, right? It's so right. easy to buy into the to the the low hanging fruit information that is out there on social media or whatever. Read the headline, not the article, right? That sort of thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so the so education matters. I call my cable company and I love it. I think I know who it is, um, but it's like, hi, thank you for calling. <laughs> right. Yep. I don't want to promote anybody. And uh, you know, Susanna, press one. While you're on hold. This AI voice comes out and says the company's name wrong. And it's like, <laughs> oops, oops. Yeah. And it's, it's, I mean, it's obviously not the two Maybe. big ones because it's hard to mispronounce those. But it's like, seriously, you don't even check. So there's going to be companies and yeah. clients that um, th- this came up. This has come up a lot. It's going to be good enough. Voice actors are not going to work for good enough. Yeah. We don't take pride in our job because it's good enough. Yep. It has to be good. That's what we do. Yep. Right? That's that's our you don't build a car that's good enough. Yeah. And hopefully all four tires are going to remain on the car the entire time you own the car. You know, like good enough isn't good enough. Now, millennials are running this world and they're quite happy with many things being good enough. Yeah. But I think if you if it becomes repetitive, you know, when you're you're coaching and you're saying, like, if I start hearing that rhythm when you're reading, I start hearing the rhythm and not the words. If I start listening to a safety video, then I go, oh, that's an AI video. I've just stopped registering what safety information I'm supposed to be getting. Yep. And I'm now listening to go hear that, hear that. Yep. I'm not listening to the words. I'm listening to the music of the, the sound. Yep. Right. Now, can you imagine listening to a long 45, two hour e- tr- like training video? Or an audiobook? I oh. I have said all along, I think, particularly in e-learning, I think it's a dangerous proposition because let's be honest, even on good e-learning, some employees have a hard time staying focused for two hours, but you throw bad audio, bad, like a bad AI voice into the mix. And after two minutes, they've tuned out. They don't have a clue what they just listened to. They're not retaining any of that information. And, and I can no. say that from experience. Like my wife has had yep. to go through some of that training and like I see her and she just wants to beat her head off the wall, right? Like it's it's torture to make your staff listen to that. 
So well, yeah, that's what I did. Maybe. I used to do safety video, listen to safety videos so I could work out in the construction sites. And it was like, as soon as I started going, wow, this guy's awful. I stopped listening yeah. to what they were saying. So you save a couple of bucks because you didn't hire a professional voice actor, but what's the long-term cost of your employees not listening, not retaining information, not following and safety procedures, getting hurt. Yeah. getting hurt, right? Lawsuits down the road or whatever. Yeah. So let's talk about, we, we've talked about the performance side, focusing on the acting and, and all of that sort of stuff. That's one of the ways that we protect our business, obviously establishing great relationships with our clients and really proving our worth. What about the business side of the business? What sort of things do we need to be doing? And I, I know you talked about Nava and, you know, control and compensate and consent and all that, but what do we need to be doing on the business side to protect ourselves from you know, avoiding a situation like other voice actors have ended up in where suddenly their voice is out there somewhere. So pay attention to what you sign. If you're hired on as a roster, and I know someone that this happened to, they signed on as a roster, and then that company got sold. And they found their voice on another site. And when they looked back, they were told, well, we bought the talent from here. And they went back to the original thing they signed, and it said their voice was transferable. So they had no reason to complain. They'd given it away. Yep. So if you're on a roster, go back and look at your contract and say, you know, it's it's 2024. I had a review of the contract. Things have changed. I'd like to amend this, please. Yeah. Update your con your thing. So it says now it may not stop it from happening, but it'll give you legal recourse to at least legally say, I want my voice taken down because in this contract, you don't have the right. Yeah. Right. So there is some bearing and some strength to your arguments as far as new. Every single every single audition I send in has a line in it. This audition or this audio is to be used for audition purposes only. Smart. Right. They want to yeah. use it for something else. Hey, we want to hire you based on your audition. Fine. I'll amend that. But every audition, paid to play, agent, everything, like, well, not through an agent, but anything I submit, yep. production houses, hey, Bev, can you just sign this? Yep. For audition purposes only, here's my audio. It's got to be written down. You can't, you can't trust, sadly, that everyone's going to do that, right? Yep. So you have to write it somewhere. Reading the contracts is so key. Like I, I had a, a potential new e-learning client a couple of months ago that wanted to hire me offering exactly the rate that I asked for. I was all excited. This was going to be amazing. And they send me this 47 page contract. It's a huge company, right? And I start reading through this 47 page contract, which is like, honestly, the worst part of the job. But I yeah. get to a point where it talks about them holding copyright of my voice. And so I inquire with them a little bit more about that. And I say, you know, can we just can we scratch this line? And they say, well, we have no intentions of ever using it for AI and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, so then it shouldn't be a problem. Let's scratch that line. And all the lawyers won't let us take it out. I'm like, well, then I'm sorry. I can't, I can't risk. I can't take your word because your word against a signed contract, it's not going to, it's not going to stand up. So even if you don't do anything with it now, five years from now, I can't come back and be like, well, they told me, right? <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah. And the Nava writer will help with that to say, oh, fine, if I can't change the contract, can we add this writer, which states all those things. And so it's but it's important that you so many times I think these contracts land in inboxes and we're so excited about the job that we just sign it. Right. Open it up. Click the button in the PDF. Boom. Signed. Gone. If you're not taking the time to actually read those contracts, do you know what you are actually potentially signing away? 
And and here's an interesting thing about contracts. Don't just jump to usage or yeah. ownership because it'll say as per, you know, previously agreed to. Yep. And you go up to what you previously agreed to and it's hidden. And I don't know that they do it purposely, but it it happens. So I don't want to accuse anybody. No, but it's but you know that's why you got you have to read that whole thing from start to finish yeah. and make sure that you're and and I think particularly for me, I'm particularly cautious of e-learning. And I know nowadays you don't need a ton of audio to create a model. Three minutes. Yeah. But with e-learning, it's going to be a lot like I do think still the more audio you have, the more accurate the model is. I think that's mm -hmm. correct. Mm -hmm. And so e-learning in particular, I'm like, I don't want to run the risk that this company decides five years down the road that they're going to go back through all of the old recordings and build models or whatever. Right. Like, So you have to read those contracts from start to finish. Yeah, you do. And you have to look for those hidden things. And I have probably had more contracts changed in the last, I'll say, two years. And they've said, oh, sure. No, that's just our template. Go yep. ahead, change it, initial it, and we're good. Which nine out of 10 times, that's exactly what happens. But I think yeah. we see these contracts and we get afraid. We don't. But yeah, you're right. Okay, I just shared one example of one company that wasn't willing yeah. to, but I could give you 100 examples of companies who have scratch yeah. that or redlined this or whatever. And so you've got to ask the question. And and I think you can't be afraid of, you know, we're, I think sometimes voice actors are afraid of pushback, but I'm like, no, that just makes me look like a more legitimate and serious business owner. The fact that I actually took yeah. the time to read it when chances are they didn't even take the time to read it, right? Legal just yep. sent it down. It was like, get them to sign this, right? They have yeah, no idea and you're what's like, in okay. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly, exactly. So I want to shift into a slightly different direction because I'm I'm very curious to hear your take on this. Talk to the voice actor who's using online casting, sees a, a nice little four-figure payday for a text-to-speech job, and they just want to cash in because business has been slow or they're they're trying to establish themselves or... You know, they've got loans because they've taken them out to pay for their demos or, you know, they've got a family and they've got a mortgage. And and for them, it's not it's not specifically the job. It's four thousand dollars or three thousand dollars or whatever. Talk to that talent from where you've been now and, and the road that you have walked with this whole AI thing. What do they need to understand that they're not thinking about besides the payday? <laughs> That I know how to give a Scottish handshake. <laughs> I, I just, <clears throat> if you can't put food on your table, do what you need to do. But like you said, understand that that voice could come back and be used as anything they want. It was one of my problems with the TikTok voice. Mm -hmm. I was actually doing, there was a TV commercial uh, that aired for a, a product and I was the end tag. They were doing commercials on TikTok where I was promoting such products as as McDonald's, but they were the influencers that were using it, yep. but they were brand name spots kind of thing. And I, so again, go to Burger King and say, no, I'm not doing any stuff. Yep. And you have no control over where that voice is used. For all you know, you know, you're the mother of two young children and you're the porn channel that their kids are watching online when they're 15. Like, yep. you've got to know where your voice is being used. Yep. I mean, that may seem a little extreme, but it's not. And it's happened. It's not that crazy. It's I've, I've had people reach out to me going, I am the voice on this porn site. And it's like, 
here's the name of my lawyer, but you better have backup and you better have read your contract and you better have something. Now, I will say that a contract is is binding. So as an email, as long as it, there's a reply, and I'll, I'll stress that, and I'll go back to the topic. When you agree to do these things, if you need to spend, if you need to make $4,000 to have this voice, if it's a voice that you're not going to use all the time, maybe you don't care so much. Right. It's a character voice or it's some strange accent you've never tried or, you know, maybe that won't come back and bite you. But in my case, it would have bitten me in the back so many times Business because is over it's at this point. voice, yeah, right? Yeah. It's just my voice. So you have to be careful on a lot of these ones are really just your voice. It's just you talking. And it could be found anywhere, anytime, in perpetuity. Gosh, I hate those words. Forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Yeah. And that's not beneficial to someone who wants to make a living as a voice talent. So on a business decision, if you want to make this a career or even a healthy part-time hobby, walk away. Yeah. And I, I professed this forever and I gave up. I really was so frustrated and it was taking too much of my time. Every job that showed up with a text-to-speech job, I would go in into the Q&A and I would ask questions. How long is this going to be used? Will I have any control? What, yep. you know, I need to know what the end product is going to be to make sure there are no conflict. I would ask all these things. Yep. But I started going in and they say they want 50 voice. Okay. Well, here's two things. One, 53 had already auditioned. Yep. So they have 53 audio samples yep. that they can now use. Yep. You've just given it to them. So really, really think about whether you... You know, can can you find another way to buy groceries, like another revenue stream? That I mean, voice talent derail your career right from the get go. Yeah, you could. You really, really could. So we we've talked the good and bad side of this. Then, right? There's there's a right way to have an AI voice model and a wrong way to have an AI voice model. And the right way is to have the model that you have control over and, and that you get to make the choices on. Are you willing, comfortable to share? You mentioned you have a few different models that you've created yourselves. Are there, what companies should we be looking at if we're thinking that we might want to do this? What are the trusted, reputable companies that we can go to? Are you okay So there with were four that? that I would have backed uh, originally. Okay. Um, I no longer back all four of them, which okay. is concerning. Yep. But again, I never gave public use of my voice. Respeacher in the Ukraine, they're not perfect. But there is so much communication and they understand the concerns and trying to make it work. Okay. So I back Respeacher 100% okay. at this point. And the other one is Veritone. Um, they were actually there at uh, Voice and AI. And they are huge advocates of all three of those things happening for the talent and making it work. They are on both sides supportive. So Veritone and Respeacher are the two. Eleven Labs, I backed at beginning, but I've heard some rumblings that there are voices on there of people that they didn't know they were on there, which is concerning. Yeah. I have a voice on Eleven Labs. I pay a very small subscription. I upload audio. That's the one. I upload audio from a previous job, and then I type in the new words. I could be on a plane. Yep. You know, so I could be eating dinner, I could be on a camping trip, and I don't have to be in my studio. So I like that I have control. And I believe if you ask them to take their voice down, I think they are still willing to do so. 
The other one is, and I'm mentioning them because I've had a communication with the CEO, is UberDuck. Now, I'm not sure they're doing anything yet either, but they're talking. So, you know, that's a conversation. But just don't sign up to any AI voice and say, yeah, I want an AI voice and then and not have any say. You know, hey, we're going to pay you, you know, $5,000. And I will also say that the years of sort of the main AI voices getting paid a quarter of a million dollars are gone. Yeah. They just aren't doing that anymore. And the reason for that is they don't have to do as much work. Right. Well, it, it's you don't have now, to do right? as much recording. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I, I when I did my model, I, I totally resonated with you and you were speaking of your pain of, you know, 10,000 lines in a in an Excel spreadsheet. I was like, yep, been there, done that, felt that torture. Totally yeah. understand. Should have waited a year. <laughs> I know. Three hours a day, five days a week. And it had to be the same three hours. So you had the same pitch, the same yep. everything. So every voice actor has their voice on the Internet somewhere and in some way. It's our demos on our website. It's projects that we've voiced that are existing on YouTube or social media or websites. It's it's content. It's this podcast or, you know, YouTube videos that I've done in the past. Uh, and you mentioned you can create a model with three minutes of audio now. So the, the scary part is that someone could actually make a clone and we could potentially never know about it. The good thing, you know, we've got a big community that seems to be paying attention and, and raises red flags every once in a while. But it seems like. So many voice actors have had this happen and found out through sheer happenstance. Is there anything that we can do to be more proactive or are we really just at the mercy of the Internet when we've got samples and and audio clips out there everywhere? I would like to say, (laughs) no, we're not at risk, but we are. Um, They can even strip the music out from behind your voice now. Like they, they got it. They know how to do it. So we just have to do our due diligence. Just as friends said to me, hey, is this your voice? If you recognize the voice, say, hey, this is your voice. And maybe there needs to be a, I don't want to, Facebook, a page, a group, a somehow a communication that, you know, the the top of the page lists the, the AI companies out there that have AI voices on there. One of the other companies I dealt with was Well Said Labs. They have some amazing avatars on there that their voices are actually pretty good and you can get them. I have no idea who they are. I haven't listened to them all. But hey, they said to me when I explained to them, they said, well, we're going to go back to legal. So, you know, cross your fingers that there's been some work done there. But I declined to be on that site because I wasn't happy with what was going on. But we need to, hey, Mark, is this your voice? Hey, I heard your voice. Did you know you were... Right. And then go to the sites. And if you don't want your voice there, state your concerns and politely ask them to take it down. State that they don't have permission to use your voice. Please take it down. I think so much of this is going to be our willingness to participate in the conversation. Right. Because mm-hmm. if we are not as a as an industry and, you know, thank God for organizations like Nava, for example, who are mm-hmm. acting as a as an an early champion in this this side of things. But if we are not trying to participate in the conversations, then we're not going to have any control over the direction where any of this ultimately goes. And so fear and anger and rage and, and resentment and whatnot is not going to give us the result that we're looking for. We need to have more calm, collected, controlled, respectful conversations with these companies, outlining our concerns, 
looking for ways that we can find mutually beneficial ways to make this happen. Because again, it's not going away. So if it's not going away, how can we positively shape where it ends up, I think is, is so key to all of this. And so it's, it's conversations like this that, that get that started. And again, that's why I went to all the booths at that conference um, and, you know, friend or foe. And if they're a foe, I don't need to be aggressive. I just need to make a note. Don't deal with this company. Yep. They don't do it right. And then share that information, not being, you know, condescending to the other companies. Right. Um, but just saying, you know, I don't feel that, you know, they're giving us what we need. So tread carefully, tread cautiously. But it's, yeah, communication. And again, it's been three years and I'm still getting asked to talk about it. And I will continue to say yes each and every time because there's still people that don't know. Yep. And there's more people going, ah, I don't want to be a voice actor anymore. There's no way. Oh, God, but I waited too long. This is wrong, 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 wrong. Let's work together. Let's make it work. Yes, we are going to lose some of it. Yep. Yes. Are we going to lose all of it? No, we're good. It's competition. So let, let's end on a on a positive note if we can. Because there's been a lot of doom and gloom and, and, you know, there's a lot of scary things to think about. Important stuff we need to think about. Is the entire picture doom and gloom and, and just completely bleak? Or do you have do you have optimism over any of this? Because you're very central in what's going on right now. You've been to the conferences. You've had the conversations. You're talking to the companies and the CEOs and, and on the AI side. What, what can we be positive or optimistic about in the midst of everything that is changing right now? I think it's so important to realize that we are voice actors. I have been a voice actor since I signed up. I've never been a voiceover or a voice talent or a voiceover anything or a VO. I am a voice actor. Every word that comes out of my mouth was written by somebody else. Yep. It's our job to connect to those words in some way, to continue to be coached by people that can help you find that path. I believe our jobs are here to stay. And as technology evolves, so will more opportunities. Yeah. As the world opens up, again, you know, when the when the car came out, plane wasn't there. Now the planes are there. Now there's rocket ships. Like there's always going to be new and, yep. and, you know, creative ideas on how to use the human voice. And there's going to be technology that will be able to identify whether it's human or AI. Let's let that technology catch up. Let's keep the conversation going. Let's keep our community strong and positive and make it work for us by working with yeah. other people. And I mean, that's just a general thought for me on how I deal with life. And my life transposes over to my business and I run it the same way and it's doing just fine. Worst case scenario, I can say that my 15-year-old daughter thinks bell-bottoms are the coolest thing in the world. And so if AI comes and takes over, there will come a point where humans will become the bell-bottoms and we'll get to come back. <laughs> we'll get Just to have come to back. rename it. They're yeah. flares now, Mark. Come yes, on. Yes, no, sorry. Up. Right. I, but still, the, the, the point still <laughs> remains that there will come a point where where the the nostalgia factor will kick in and be like, remember back in the day when humans used to do this? We should get some humans to do this. That might really resonate with some people. And so the, the circle of life will will be complete. <laughs> will evolve. Absolutely. And, and you know, to sum it up, it's not really AI we're afraid of. Yeah. It's synthetic voices yeah. we're nervous of. Yep. And they are getting better. So as they get better, we get better. 
We win. There's going to be people, always going to be people and companies that want that human authenticity. How many people read the word be authentic in your auditions? Every stinking Even more so now. Yep. And they have to keep saying it because we're not doing it. Yep. So do it. Don't sound like the robots. Don't end up sounding like them. Well, Bev, one of the things that you talked about and, and I am fully on board with was how important acting is to all of this. And I know that you do some coaching as well. So if somebody is... Uh, feeling the stress of the AI, but they're like, I, if I could just hone on my acting chops here a little bit and and and, and uh, up my game, I'll be safe. So if somebody was interested in connecting with you, maybe talking to you about some coaching or something like that, how do we get a hold of you? Bev at BevStanding.com. And I will put that in the show notes so that uh, it's easy access. And I know that you're involved with Gravy for the Brain as well, which is another incredible training organization too. Well, Bev, thank you so much for taking the time to be a part of this conversation, but also for being really at the forefront of it for the industry as a whole, whether you you meant to be there or not, <laughs> you have found yourself in that position. And there are like, I can't think of anybody that is more equipped and, and qualified to, to lead us through this because you, you do it with, with grace and wisdom and uh, it's, it's going to make it better for all of us. So thank you so much for that. And, and I'm, I'm grateful and appreciate what you do. Well, thank you, Mark. And thank you for helping keep this conversation going. I really appreciate it. I hope you feel at least a little bit more optimistic after listening to this episode. I hope that the things that Bev has said and some of the things that we talked about helped to push away that dark, gloomy storm cloud of AI that has been hanging over our industry. Is it something we need to pay attention to? Yes. Are there conversations that we need to participate in? Absolutely. Should we be running for fear of our lives and careers? I don't think so. At least that's what I walked away with from this episode. Were you encouraged? Did you learn something? Do you feel better? Could you do me a favor? Let me know that you're listening. Post it in your Instagram stories and tag me at Mark Scott. I would love to see it and I'd love to be able to share it as well. Thanks so much for listening and I'll catch you on the next one. The Everyday Vopreneur Podcast. Available everywhere fine podcasts are given away for free. Mostly, we think. You have a great website, right? Well, make sure you host it at some place that doesn't suck. Hey, it's Brad Newman, fellow VO Pro for 28 years and owner of UpperLevelHosting.com. People ask why us, and that's simple. We make it easy, respect your time, save you money, and just make all the magic happen. You don't need to know all the tech stuff when it comes to hosting your website. We got you. Ask around tens of thousands of client interactions later and six years of amazing customer service and not a single negative complaint ever. UpperLevelHosting.com And see. And that's a wrap. Thanks for hanging in. Thanks for hanging out. Want more Vopreneur goodness? Jump online at Vopreneur.com.